Hi, everyone. Good morning. This is Charity coming at you with another Badass Women of Promo podcast. For those of you guys that don't know, this is a new podcast for the promotional products industry, just spotlighting the Badass Women of Promo, highlighting their achievements, and just sharing their stories and giving them a platform to share their ideas. So today with me, I have the one and only Tiffany Tarr from Distributor Central here to uh, tell us a little about who she is and how she got here and some other fun things. Tiffany, welcome on. How are you? I'm good. Thanks so much for having me today. I'm excited. Thanks for being here. This has been super fun. For those of you guys that don't know Tiffany, she is a powerhousey vice president, correct, of Distributor Central? I am. Ah, you are. That's a fun title. Um, you know, when they gave me that title, I really thought I was going to be playing more golf and like going to dinner. <laughs> that's, actually, <laughs> that's actually more work. Yeah. What I thought was going to happen is not exactly what happened, but <laughs> maybe next time. Maybe <laughs> maybe next time. <laughs> maybe next time. Uh, well, we'll get right into it. We just have a couple questions. Just want to obviously keep it brief, keep it fun, but we also want to keep it real. And so, talking to Tiffany a little bit about um, just kind of how we got into this industry, and she has a cool story to tell. So, Tiffany, just. Tell us a little bit about, because everybody has a story about how they got into promo. Some people fell into promo. Some people, you know, tripped their way here. I don't know anybody that really, you know, was intentional about coming into promo. Um, mm-hmm. And that's not a bad thing. I think it's awesome. But tell us about your story, kind of how you ended up in promo. And then what are you doing now um, versus what you started doing? Um, well, I ended up in promo because I was in sales. So um, is it okay if I go all the way back? I mean, let's go, take it all the way back. Well, all the way. So all the way. when, <laughs> as everybody does when they graduate high school, I, all my friends, we all went to college and um, I went to K-State and this isn't a story. I don't think I've, I don't really, I don't think I really tell this story. And so if you look at my resume or my LinkedIn profile, the story will look a little different than what it says publicly, but um, which I think is fine. Um, so my resume and my LinkedIn profile says that I attended Kansas State University and I went to school for family and consumer science. And if you don't know what that is, that's home economics. I went to school to be a home economics teacher. And those are all accurate statements. But the fill-in part to that is K-State not once, but twice asked me not to come back. <laughs> it just wasn't a good fit for me. Um, so college wasn't a great match. Um, being a teacher wasn't a great match. And those are all things that at 18, I didn't know. And I was, I was, I started on a path that I believed to be accurate based off of how I was raised and my environment um, and what my friends were doing. And then as I started down that path of what I thought was expected and I thought I should do, I realized none of those things were a good fit for me. And it took, two rounds and a lot of my mom and dad's money um, at, in a, at K-State um, for me to realize that that's not who I was and that's not what I wanted to be. And when I left for the second time, um, I was very, very lost and I just didn't know what to do. Um, and I was fortunate enough to have been hired by an engineering firm that hired me as a receptionist and about 90 days in, at my review, they came to me and said, you're an absolutely terrible receptionist. You're the <laughs> worst. We cannot keep you at your desk. You just run your mouth all day long. So what we think would be a good match for you is sales. 
do you want to try that? And I was like, shoot, that sounds good. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) And that's how I ended up here is that somebody looked at me and realized that I had talents that I didn't even know that I possessed and took that, took my inability to sit down and my inability to keep my mouth quiet and helped direct me into a path that led me into sales. And that's kind of how I ended up here is that sales ended me here at Distributor Central. And it's one of the best things that ever happened from an absolute disaster of failure is that I, I got into sales and I really liked it and I enjoyed it. And now I've got an opportunity um, to be involved in all kinds of different things through sales, not only the selling process, but also technology and development. And those are all things that excite me. So I got here because I was bad at other things. And somebody realized that there was things that I could have been good at and helped point me in the right direction. That's so awesome. And I think you said something that said a lot of things that I think we all go through that programming, right? The idea that this is what we're supposed to do. And I know in my case, obviously we know my history a little bit, that I grew up, you know, pretty much homeless. And I had this idea of what life was supposed to look like from watching television families, right? The Huxley mm-hmm. family and the Logans and or Hogan family or whatever that was and Full House. And it's like you, you grow up in this family and there's a, a mom and a dad or sometimes something happens and there's only one parent. But either way, like your family is together and then you get through high school and then everybody leaves and they go to college and then you come back and it's summers, you know, in your home city and you meet with all your friends for the summer and then everybody goes away to college again and then you get these great jobs and it's like this little fairy tale and that's not how my life went. <laughs> like, so no. I, I love that we don't have to. In college, I think we talked about it a little bit on the phone before. It's right for a lot of people. And mm-hmm. for some people, it's not. I went to college for, you know, until, and now I have uh, mentioned I have three classes left that I don't know if I'll ever finish just because I feel like there's so much education out there in the real world. There's, um, there's practical application. And like you, this person said for you, it's like, you're really bad at this, but you're going to be really good at this. And how good of them to not just come in and be like, you're fired because you suck. It's like, mm, you might be fired at this position, but you're good here. And we want to keep you here doing this and foster these talents and growth. And I totally love that. And I love, um, I don't know if you, do you ever listen to John Maxwell at all? No, I don't. The leadership. So John Maxwell has this thing called leadership gold and he's um, obviously a, a public speaker and, and does a lot of personal development stuff. But one of the things he said is you don't want to put a duck in an eagle's job and you don't want to put an eagle mm-hmm. in a duck's job because if you have an eagle who wants to fly in a duck's job that has to swim, the, you're going to frustrate the eagle and you're going to frustrate the duck. So what a smart manager to see that in you and, and movie there and how cool to watch where you've, where you've, come because of that. That's super cool. Yep. Nope. Um, I just, everyone has talents. It's just sometimes the tapes that you're taught as a child don't lend themselves to where your real talents are. And I think yeah. just as, I think that's important as a parent or the manager is just to really listen and like examine somebody or, and look and see what their talents are before you tell them what they should and should not be good at. Yeah. And I think as a person, don't be afraid to try something new, like try it. And if it doesn't work, try something else. Right. I mean, totally cool. I love that. (laughs) I mean, I tried (laughs) 
school twice and it didn't work either time. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a complete glutton for punishment. Uh, I tried that at the gym once too. And <laughs> now here I am. Uh, it's good times. Um, that's awesome. So I, well, obviously we talked, you know, so now you're here, now you are uh-huh. at Distributor Central, you're in sales, you are kind of working your way up and now you've been in promo for a while. How long have you been in promo? When was that? 13 years. 13 years. Okay. So you have a, I mean, yep really good grasp. Um, one of the things I know that we've talked about in the past too, just over the last couple of years, um, kind of talked a little bit about challenges that not just everybody in general has, cause we all have challenges in the industry, but do you think that there are certain challenges that, um, are really unique to maybe females in the industry that maybe people don't really realize, you know, things that maybe females face. And I'm not talking about like wage differences or anything like that but like legitimate challenges that that females face and maybe men don't or you know I don't I don't know and I don't know that I'm I should I'm qualified to speak for every woman um because everybody has unique challenges and again I think it's based on your perception um your level of confidence why you maybe lack a little bit of confidence or why you have a lot of confidence I think it just depends and it's so different to every person. Um, just from my where I'm at, unique challenges that I believe that I have faced is um, being a female like in a technology space uh, has been a challenge because there's things that my brain understands that maybe if you just looked at me, you wouldn't assume my brain understands. If that makes any sense, Completely. but I do, um, and it one of the challenges that I've faced or one of the things that I've had to really overcome is speaking up when I know something's wrong. And I know that doesn't seem like something that I would have a problem with because you know me, but but when you're sitting in a room of developers or programmers or people that have just, they've done this before and you're looking at something, having that confidence to say, guys, this isn't right. And I can't, I don't know why it's not right, but I need you to help me. I need you to understand why I have this like feeling that something's not quite right here. And let's look at it from this standpoint. Um, I think one of the unique perspectives that I can bring from a development standpoint is I might not be able to develop anything, but I can bring a, a human experience to things that sometimes can be flat or Sometimes it can be black and white. I can bring that extra layer of human interaction um, to help the people that we're working with understand how it can be used in an application. Yeah. So I think something that I've just, and I think that a lot of women have faced is just having that confidence to speak up, even when you know that you don't have all the answers, but you know that you've got at least half of the puzzle completed and you might need somebody else to help fill in some of those other pieces. Yeah, no, and I, I, that's a really, a really great point. I think you bring up something, something there is just having the confidence to ask and the humility to say that you don't understand something and can you help me connect some of the dots? And I think that that gets us to the point of maybe the answer's there and they can help you connect the dots or maybe by you questioning that or having that, you know, curiosity, maybe they discovered a problem that they didn't know was there and were able to solve a problem or, you know, kind of take the lead on something that would probably maybe be an issue later or, you know, something like that. So that's a really cool way of looking at it for sure. And the idea that you're humanizing something, 
Um, I love that. And again, I don't think that's necessarily a human or a, a female thing either. I think there are we're wired different ways, right? Humans just mm -hmm. have, you know, different organization of their minds. And so some people are very linear, some people are a little more fluffy. And so to be able to kind of connect the two, I think that's why, and I think that's part of the reason Distributor Central is so successful in a lot of ways. Um, you know, I see that. I know we've talked about it, just some of the processes and systems that you have are so far beyond um, some of the other systems available, not only in the promo space, but just in general, just because I think it, you know, you're talking about humans actually having to use the product that you're creating and that goes a right. long way. Really cool. So my next question, I guess, is what do you need, what do you feel needs to happen um, to kind of correct the problem or, um, it, you know, just the idea that the challenge that you're that you're experiencing what needs to happen or what do, what do either females need to do or what does the industry need to do how do we adapt to kind of fixing that but i think you kind of already gave us the answer is really just stop feeling like we're not good enough to ask the question and right start feeling and i tell my sales team all the time when they, if somebody brings me a problem and this isn't just specific to women but i think sometimes women are i, I have i have personally in my life been afraid to ask that next question and I think that answers don't usually come in the first one or two responses it's you've got to dig a little bit deeper to get what the real issue is um, but I always ask my sales team when they bring me something I want to know well why why do they believe that this is accurate tell me more about what that experience was just give me more so that I can understand exactly what the problem is and I can give you the real answer and not the surface answer um, and I think sometimes in my life, I've been willing to accept the surface answer and been too afraid of what that real answer might be to dig down and get what I really need to get out of somebody. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I know I do that too sometimes. I'm like, oh, cool. Like for me, it's more of a, I really don't want to seem stupid because I already feel like I'm ignorant to a lot of things. But yeah. the best things in my life have come from digging that little bit deeper and from being vulnerable, I guess Daniel Rosen would kind of call that being vulnerable and being mm -hmm. okay, not knowing and being okay, you know, looking like an idiot and admitting my ignorance so that I can actually find that wisdom. So I love, 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 love that. Um, really cool. So um, the other thing I kind of wanted to talk about, and I guess this is kind of veering off of the professional track a little bit um but it also kind of pertains i guess there as well i remember listening to a podcast you did a while back and i apologize i don't know exactly what it was but i just remember you being on something and talking about um some like unique pressures that women face and i know we've kind of talked about this before um you know not a challenge in the industry so to speak but more like just unique pressures that women face in general. Like there's a lot of pressure to look a certain way and to act a certain mm -hmm. way. And uh, we were even talking about this before we turned the camera on. It's like, or the, the podcast on, it's like the real women of promo on the Instagram. Sometimes I want to post something and like my hair is not done. I'm not wearing makeup. Um, but obviously I can never, you know, go into work like this or something like that. Or, you know, I don't want to, gosh forbid, wear tennis shoes on the show floor. I just feel like there's so much pressure from like a, a to look a certain way and then I feel like at networking events and in the professional space we're supposed to act a certain way and I'm just curious what have you experienced um, being in the position that you're in um, like where do you feel the most 
pressure in that area? Um, and kind of who does that come from? Like, is there an external force? Or in my case, I realized that probably a lot of it is coming from within me and maybe it's not an outside force, but I don't know. I just want to know kind of what you're experiencing and, and if you could share some of that with us, where you're feeling pressure and, and how do you think we should alleviate that? Um, I think that, I think it's pressure both in like it's pressure that we create on ourselves unnecessarily and it's outside pressure and it's definitely like the makeup and beauty industry putting that pressure out there. And there are some really cool products and I do want to buy them all when I see them on Instagram. <laughs> but so, I mean, so now I'm, now I'm actually layering in ex extra pressure, but, um, and then I think that, and I, and I think, and I know I said this earlier, but I think it's like your, it's just your internal tapes and your, in, in, and how you were raised and like what, what's instilled upon you as a kid. Um, for example, I hated going to the gym up until a few years ago because I was conditioned that women just did cardio. Do you know what I mean? Like that's what women did when they went to the gym is they did cardio and whatever. I don't like it. I like lifting weights and I like hitting stuff and that's okay. It's okay that I like something that was like presented to me as, you know, as more of a masculine, um, I guess, activity, I guess, but, but it's not, but that's what my internal tapes would tell me. And right. I do think that um, most of the pressure that I've put on myself has been self-inflicted. It's just, it's a, it has been insecurity at some level. Um, and what I've done to like overcome that insecurity is like, I don't know, just put product, I guess, on it like we were talking about earlier. <laughs> but it's, I mean, so that's what my, it's just my own insecurity and how I feel when I walk into something um, and I have to, I definitely have to get a hold of my own personal internal insecurities and just get my arms around them and just shake them and say, not you, not today. I'm so much better than that. And here's why. And you just, you've got to retrain your mind on the positive things and not dwell on the things that make you don't feel, that make you feel not as, as amazing that day. Cause everybody's amazing. There's no reason why I don't just, post pictures like you were saying with my hair dirty I mean there's just doesn't make me smarter or less confident it doesn't really change who I am my it doesn't change my identity in any capacity you know yeah I mean? yeah and, and what a cool thing to say to yourself not you not today and I'm better than that and this is why right I mean that's I'm gonna put that on a post-it note and write it on my mirrors and anytime I'm feeling down I'm gonna totally go back and look at that not you not today you're better than that and here's why so no, Thanks, and it's man. just, Girl, we, don't need it. to, we don't need to do that. Um, I know that I'm smart, regardless if I've got a suit on or if I've got my workout clothes on. I, that doesn't change my brain's ability to solve problems. Yeah, and it doesn't change story. my ability to speak. And it doesn't, you know, if, I, if my mascara is not right this day or if I, I have a zit, whatever, it doesn't change my ability to achieve success. Love that. I am all about this. I, I heard a, a, a saying once, when you don't feel how you want to feel, you have to know what you know. And I feel like everything you're saying speaks exactly that. So stop telling yourself 
stories that don't serve you anymore and start, you know, if you're going to say something to yourself, say something that's empowering to yourself and that, that helps you accomplish what you're going after. Because at the end of the day, it's not anybody else putting those things on you. It's you. So no, it's me. Super cool. I love it. All right. I'm, I'm seriously, that's my new mantra. It's going on everything. I might like print it and send that out to people. <laughs> that's you. That's going to go on your badass woman of promo quote on your Instagram. <laughs> Whenever you're feeling down, write this, say this. Uh, good times. Well, we're coming up kind of on the end of this thing. And I guess the question that I, uh, I'd like to ask people before we go to, um, and hopefully you've had a minute to kind of think about this is um, just Obviously, there's a ton of badass women in this industry. Badass mm -hmm. men, too. Everybody's cool. There's just a ton of badasses. But um, I'm curious who you would consider as a badass woman of promo and why. Oh, Sherry, I've thought about this for a really long time, and I've made lists, and I've done all kinds of stuff. But at the end of the day, I think that anybody that as a female, you look around a room and you encourage another female or you raise another female up automatically without any need for recognition becomes a total badass. I think that every female in this industry is a badass and we all have a very, like we all have the ability to change somebody else's trajectory. We all have the ability to do that and knowing that and actually acting on it is what makes you a badass. You win. I can stop doing the podcast now. That was the whole goal of starting this whole thing <laughs> was to help people find their inner badass. So good on you. That's I, there you go. I just like, <laughs> I've had such a hard time saying a name when it is everybody because we're all better together, man or woman, whatever, but we are all better together in anything that any of us can do that have achieved a level of success or have confidence that day, anything that you can do to look around and see somebody that might not have that confidence that day or might be working to get to a certain level, that if you just go out and help or do something for that person, it'll change your own personal direction as well. And um, I just recently, I was doing another interview with somebody else. I, like, I had a really junk 2018. It was horrible. And when my perception of my space changed is when I stopped focusing on myself and I started focusing on what I could do for somebody else. And that's what makes anybody in this, any female in this industry, a total badass. Amazing. Super good. Well, I have completely enjoyed hearing you talk about this and um, learning about why uh, you are a badass woman of promo and thanks for sharing all that with us and just being real and getting in the grid of it and um and for reminding everybody out there that they are too a badass woman of promo or badass man of promo whatever they are badass kid of promo if you're listening you're a kid you got this kid um <laughs> <laughs> but that i mean that's the hashtag find you're in a badass so we'll leave you guys um all out there listening with that make sure that you are constantly on your journey to find your inner badass and when you get that stroke of confidence go spark some light and share that with other people around you and with that that's it make sure that you visit badasswomenofpromo.com to nominate a badass woman of promo 
or to um, share what it takes, what you feel it takes to be a badass. And that's it. We appreciate all of you guys listening for all of your support. I want to give a shout out to to Common Skew for um, hanging out and uh, sponsoring this shenanigans nonsense with us and just providing the support for badass motor promo everywhere and within the industry. And with that, we're out. Have a great day, everybody.